welcome Jamie. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. I told the folks last night I had to go. Uh, if I had not come to Charleston, Hanahan, I would have had to go um, to a garage sale yesterday. And if you have the choice of going to a garage sale or having your armpits sanded, um, take that. Uh, Stephanie says, well, maybe we could get you a shirt. Does John Candy live here? I don't just get a shirt anywhere. But I'm so happy to be here. I, there's a wonderful, warm uh, group of people here. I love you and I like you, most of you. There's a couple of you I'm not over the top about, but... <laughs> if you have your Bible, I promise I won't be boring, I pray. I promise I won't be long. I want you to find the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 30. I was thinking about this the other day because I read an article and I had to bring it because I knew I would forget all of its content. How many of you know what hospice care is? How many of you know what palliative care is? Does anybody here have any experience with watching someone you love pass on? And just those days, those days prior, you know, when they remove the feeding tube and when they remove all of the, the life support systems, there is a lady, her name is Brawny, B-R-O-N-N-I-E, Brawny Ware. She's a nurse, and she specializes in palliative care. She lives in Australia. For 25 years, she's worked with these patients during the last 12 weeks of their life. And, and she recorded some really interesting dying epiphanies. And she wrote them down. I thought it would be good for us to hear. She said these people in the last moments of their lives, these are some of the things they said. I wish I'd have had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that everybody else expected from me. You know, whether you know it or not, life is about choices. A lady told me the other day, she says, this man that I'm living with, well, that's the first problem. Don't expect to live in sin and God to bless that union. Hello? Well, this man I'm living in, he's such an idiot. Don't complain about what you permit. You've made the choice to stay in that. Well, I just need something. Get a golden retriever. They're wonderful. <laughs> They're hairy. And they have bad breath, but so does he. I wish, by the way, she said it was the most common regret of all. When people realize that their life is almost over and they look back and they see how many dreams in their life have gone unfulfilled. Most of the people haven't even honored half of the dreams they had. And now they're dying. And because of the choices they've made, it's not an option. You want to hear something my dad said? My old country dad? He says, son, health brings a freedom very few people realize until they don't have it anymore. I told the folks last night, <laughs> I don't like to go to the doctor. I just don't like, because they always find something. I can go in with an earache and somehow I wind up, take your trousers off. I, it, it's my ear, doctor. <laughs> hop up here. <laughs> what did you just hop? 
My hopping days are over. I'm not hopping. I might slide on there. Dad says retirement's God's way of just giving you enough time to make all your doctor's appointments. But I wonder where the time has gone. He said, son, there will come a day. And he says, I know all too well. I'd love to take your mom somewhere, but you know what? I work so long, so hard. My health is not what it could be. And now I just don't have that as an option. She said another one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. She said it came from almost every male patient she nursed. They missed their children's youth. They missed their partner's companionship. Some ladies spoke about this, but not as common because an older generation were primarily gals, uh, were keepers of the home. All of the men, she said, deeply regretted the fact that they'd spend their whole life on this treadmill of this work existence, and they missed out on everything. And then there was, I wish I'd have had the courage to express my feelings. Now, some people have no problem doing that at all. <laughs> I had a guy, you said, he'd always be in there, listen, Pastor, I know I shouldn't say this. Well, <laughs> okay, I have an idea. Then don't say it. And his favorite line, well, if I was the pastor, you're not. You're not. You work for the railroad. I don't come there and tell you how to run your choo-choo. Don't walk in my office anymore and tell him, Tell me how to pastor this church. Are we crystal? It's just amazing. And by the way, folks, this is a side note. There's information that pastors and staff have about, uh, about what's going on in the church that you don't have and that they can't divulge without betraying a confidence. Do you understand that? I remember at my church one night we were having a business meeting, and this guy sat back there, and he said, I'd like to recommend so-and-so, one of our deacons. I said, Marv, I appreciate that, but we don't accept nominations for deacons on the floor of an open business meeting. We don't do that. That's because you want to stack the deck. <laughs> well, that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> Listen, you know the man he nominated happened to be in the service that day? And he was sitting about three back, and his face turned as red as this dear lady's blouse. What he didn't know and what they didn't know is that man had confessed to me on Tuesday of that week that he had been molesting the neighbor boy and he was going to be arrested and summarily charged. See, I had information about that that I couldn't tell the church. Do you understand? Life is about choices. It's about expressing our feelings. But folks, when you express your feelings... You don't have to hurt somebody in the process if at all possible. Think about this. I wish I'd have stayed in touch with my friends. A lot of people don't realize the full benefit of friendship until you get near the end and you can't find them anymore. I thought about this. Think about At some point in your childhood, you and your buddies went out to play for the very last time and nobody knew it. You and your friends went out to play for the last time and nobody knew it. I'm 61 years old. People call that, well, that's the new 40. No, I'm almost dead. <laughs> People are delusional about that, you know. Well, I'm 50 middle-aged. Not unless you're going to live to be 100. You're almost dead. Well, I, I go to the beauty shop. Man, <laughs> you're still almost dead. 
yesterday on the plane. Somebody asked me, where does your humor come from? I just look at people and watch and listen. I'm sure they look at me. But this lady yesterday, her makeup, have you seen the gals that have the makeup to right here? And it's like this line of, you know, where fantasy ends and reality begins. Laughing, somebody's laughing, tickling me. His little grandma there, she's laughing. And listen, laughter, the Bible says, is like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of you, you look back on your life, where would your kids be today if you would have enjoyed your faith a little more? If life weren't about a bunch of do's and don'ts, if your life would have been a living testimony, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And listen, I've been vilified and criticized because, listen, I think we're the only group of people in the world who have anything to be happy about. And so many folks that come to church, and that kind of leads me to this thought. She said, it's a very surprising one, but very common. I wish I would have let myself be happier Many people don't realize to the end that happiness is a choice. They stuck in, in the same old habits and the comfort of familiarity kind of overflowed into their emotions as well as their physical life. And fear of change, fear of change kept them from trying anything new. What is your, what is your deepest regret of all? I hear this at funerals all the time, if only... Maybe two of the saddest words, if only, or what if. And that brings me to the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy. And again, I'll, we, st we still probably won't beat the Methodist to the Chinese buffet, but I, I told you this last night, they've got an underground tunnel. <laughs> They'll get mad at you if you're not done in an hour. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And verse number 19, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to, and if you have a pencil, witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants or your children might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God obeying him, committing yourself firmly to him. This, the Bible says, is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, I wear this, and this has become literally the mantra for my life. You are only one choice away from a different life. God says you can be obedient and be blessed or you can be disobedient and be cursed. You can make a choice that brings with it great benefit or you can make a catastrophic decision that has consequences long after that decision. I went to see a man, this was years ago, right at the advent of, of HIV and, and AIDS. And of course, this man was not only 
HIV positive. Now he was showing the full signs of AIDS-related complex, and he was in the last days, and I'll never forget, it used to be called General Hospital in Cincinnati. It's called University Hospital now. And I went and I met with the charge nurse, and she said, Pastor, uh, his family's asked that you go see him. He has Kaposi's sarcoma, which is a form of skin cancer relative to a lot of AIDS patients. He has pneumocystic pneumonia. When he breathes, uh, it sounds like he's chugging a milkshake. His lungs are filled with fluid. And he has cancer in the brain, which are causing uh, misfirings. And he, she said, you can't convince him that he is not lying on a bed of live coals. He thinks he's on fire. And I want to tell you, you couldn't believe the screams. You couldn't believe the groaning. And his mother looked at me and she said during his, one of his few conscious moments before he got so bad, he said, Mom, this is what happens when you choose to live your life independent of God. Sticking needles in your arm, running around with the morals of an alley cat. And I'm paying <coughs> that price. You're one choice away from a different life. Well, I'm 85 years old. You're still alive and God has you here for a reason. There's a purpose for your life. I, I write stuff down because, again, when you get old, <coughs> somebody asked me just a minute ago, do you remember me? I don't know where my socks are. I know where these are. I know this. You can have two socks and put them in the dryer and only one comes out. Yeah. And I'm not like, somebody told me the other day, you don't act your age. That's a compliment. I don't want to go to the Cracker Barrel and share a meal and sit for an hour on a porch swing and listen to giddy up, boom, pop, boom, pop, a mow, mow. Oh, Branson, I love Branson. That's Las Vegas for people with no teeth. That's what Branson is. <laughs> and I go. But life just goes by. You wonder where it's at. When I was a boy, there was a song that went, keeps me searching for a heart of gold. And I'm getting old. And where's the time gone? My daughter, Heidi, is a hairdresser. She works at Aveda. Now, you ladies that are in the high end of the cosmetic industry, Aveda is la ti da And one of the gals was saying to Heidi the other day, Heidi was cutting my hair. The problem with that is I said, I have to wait till she gets time in between clients to squeeze me in. And it's free, and I don't mind. She's my dad. But this gal got all over. She said, it doesn't, the color doesn't look natural. doesn't look a bit natural. And you're an instructor here? What a disgrace. Whew. A spirit of Medea come all over me. <laughs> you want to know why it doesn't look natural? And you know, we live in a world where there's so many fake things. 
People just don't even know what's real anymore. I asked the girl the other day for cow's milk with my coffee. I like coffee, but I don't want that dust in a angel dust, whatever that stuff is. Powdered creamer. What? Yogurt. yogurt. I don't even like the word yogurt. Yogurt. Sounds like you ate it and it's on its way back. That's some yogurt. (laughs) Stephanie gave me some cereal the other day. It was like little bales of hay. (laughs) And some of you eat that. That's why you're hateful all the time. That's why you're grouchy. Honestly, have you thought about, if you're in a building and everybody's laughing but you're not, you ought to try some biscuits and gravy. I'm telling you. You see how shiny my hair is? That's gravy. No, I tell you, folks, there's constantly, I hear these guys talk about the sin of this. this. What about the sin of overeating? What about the sin of digging your grave with your fork? Hello? Is this still on? (laughs) When you're my age, I mentioned something changes every day. It shifts or moves. I've got a mole here now that's got an afro, and I thought... (laughs) Where did that come from? Walk across the room, I look like a busted can of biscuits. And it's, it, it, just catch a glimpse of that. Oh. <laughs> and I've got a friend, he's, he's helping me a little bit. But I, just, I keep in company with him, he annoys me. He'd make Richard Simmons look like a lumberjack. <laughs> you're not eating live foods, you're eating dead foods, dead cells. You need live vegetables. You do. I want cake. (laughs) Folks, life's about choices. God says you can live and be blessed. You can have blessings upon your children. And folks, listen, if you don't think your choices affect your children, write this down. A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. I don't care how much money you make or where you live when your kids don't live right. I made this statement last week and a lady came to me. She said, in my whole life, I've never had a single statement from a preacher impact my life like the statement I'm going to tell you. If you don't allow God to heal the hurt in your life, You're going to bleed on the people who didn't cut you. Hurting people hurt people. And you want to know why you're so negative and so sour and so difficult to get along with? You know, Micah, I wouldn't point you out or pull you out of a crowd, but I want to tell you, I just see some, something so bright in your spirit. It's really unusual. This little lady right here on the corner, you've laughed till tears have fallen out of your eyes. 
and you could be my grandma. And she's happy and she's sweet. You don't have to be a crab when you get older. Why do you, well, I don't feel good. Whose fault is that? I've lost about 130 pounds. That's the good news. The bad news is there's a whole lot more to go. But you know what started my journey? So I went to see the doctor. Imagine that. I didn't go to the movies. I went to the doctor. He said, let me ask you a question, mate. I said, okay. Uh, would you, do you want me to cut your feet off? I said, cut my feet off? He said, well, yeah, that's what we do with diabetics. I said, I'm not a diabetic. He said, you're going to be. Truth is not always easy to hear. Truth is not something any of us really want to embrace. But it's the only thing that will set you free. It's the only life we have. It's the only hope we have. My daughter Holly died September the 7th. She was one of our twins, Sarah. And she, she had an aneurysm when she was a little girl. And we cared for her at home for about 11 years. But she, she lived like this and she never walked and she never spoke a word. Majority of her life she was fed through a tube. In the last 10 years of her life, Bryant, she was on a ventilator. But I know today that she's in a place where there is no more night. There's no more pain. I don't know what people without Christ do. We sing that song, Bryant, you were singing. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. For you are holy, holy. And aren't you thankful for that? And the little girl, she sang, What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. And I thought, I don't know where you're at, little girl. I want to tell you this. God has a plan for your life, but so does the devil. The devil wants to rob you of your life and your innocence. And listen, folks, we can be sorry, but being sorry doesn't always eradicate the consequences that come from the choices we make. You're one choice away from a different life. I met Sarah about, I don't know, probably a couple, three months ago when I was speaking in Shiraz. And then Sarah is probably one of the most prolific photographers in your area. Incredible incredible photographer, came today and just grace. I, here's what I thought about. She took these pictures. She's going to try to make me look like Richard Gere. Uh, it's going to be a roll of the dice. Some special lenses and effects. But I got to thinking, Sarah, when I went back, I wouldn't have any of this. I would never know Pastor Don. I would have never met Brian and Rachel. I would have met, never met the wonderful folks at Highland. I would have never met you were it not for December the 21st, 1975, at the First Baptist Church of Milford, Ohio. As, as a church member, I knelt and trusted Christ as my Savior. I was asked on radio, what, I, what do you think the biggest surprise is going to be when it's all said and done? Professing Christians in hell. Billy Graham, you know how Billy Graham talks. 
Billy Graham says, I believe if 10% of the church makes it to heaven, I'll be gloriously surprised. He said, I think our churches are filled with lost people. I couldn't give you a statistical number, but one thing I can tell you is God has never saved you if he hasn't changed you. That means if you are what you were, then you ain't. It's bad grammar, but it's good theology. My dad's 84 years old. And uh, my dad was just honored as man of the year at Sycamore High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our family's from Kentucky. My daddy's a little Kentucky boy. Went to the sixth grade. Had asthma so bad. Back in those days, uh, tried to take care of it the best they could, but daddy was sick and frail. Got a job at Formica Corporation in Cincinnati, went where the work was at. Was hired at Formica Corporation in 1953 for $1.18 an hour. He worked there 45 years. When he left, he was paid a salary that management would covet. Little sixth grade educated boy. At the 55-year mark, Dad finally called it a day with Sycamore Schools. They honored him as Man of the Year, which has never been done. The people they honor at these events are athletes, academians. But my dad's little bright light shined there on that school bus. And he said, he didn't say a whole lot. He said, you know, never in 55 years have I ever had a conflict with a parent. Never once couldn't I work it out with the kids. A soft answer turns away wrath. Grievous words stir up anger. And I wrote this down after I heard Daddy say, Isn't it sobering to know that any time could be the last time you talk to someone? You better be careful what you say to people because you might not have tomorrow to make it right or to change it. Trade your if-onlys to... What ifs? And listen, I know it's going to be hard making choices and ch making a big change is pretty scary. But, but you know what's even scarier? Regret. Anybody remember this? Child arrived just the other day, came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking for I knew it. <clears throat> and as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. And it's the story of a dad that didn't have time for his son. Jesus asked a question. He asked, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. What should a man give in exchange for his soul? So I'm riding with a friend of mine the other day. He has something called COPD. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. He's having trouble breathing. And uh, <clears throat> every breath is a, is a gift, he says. 
we were talking about life and talking about choices. <clears throat> he talked about regrets, and he's about 10 years my senior. So I want to hear what, want to hear what you got to say. He said, I would, and he's not a wealthy man, but he's comfortable. His bills are paid. His house is paid for. He's got money in the money. He said, I would give everything I have if I had 15 minutes with my dad. Just, just 15 minutes with my dad. Don't think you're going to have him forever. I told him and I told her, more specifically her, because she treated him horrible. And he succumbed to it. They were married and they were married and they were married and they were married. And I told her one day, I said, Darlene, the best of men are only men at best. And at some point, he's going to say, that's it. And sir, the same goes for you. You think you're going to talk to your wife the rest of your life like she's something stuck on the bottom of your shoe and she's just going to always succumb to that and give in? I wish I would have made better choices. Listen, I've not lived every day of my life at the foot of the cross. I'm not one bit better than anybody here. I've made choices that I'm still paying for. If you think 30 and single is bad, you'd be 30 and married to a moron and look back and think, what was I thinking? You thought you married the man of your dreams? You've married a couch that burps. He's... Sits there and clips his toenails that look like corn chips and blech. Blech. Makes me queasy. I probably shouldn't have said that, should I, Grandma? I look to these little ladies and gentlemen that they'll give me little looks every now and then. Life. James says, it's a vapor. You're here for a while and then you're gone. I, I mentioned the folks last night. A buddy of mine, he says, man, here, you ought to start running. <laughs> I'm not running. Unless someone with a clown mask and a bloody knife is, is chasing me. I have a car. I was one of the people that habitually run. What, what's that all about? What, when do you stop? Where are you going? How will you know when you get there? And do you realize once you're there, you've got to come back? <laughs> Somebody asked me where the humor I get. Funny follows me. I can't explain it. I mentioned I got off the plane. There was a guy. He's there for his 75th year high school reunion. I didn't want to seem insensitive, but I, how many of you think are going to be there? <laughs> he said, well, at least one. I got an invitation. I told Bryant yesterday morning I got up at 3 o'clock to fly to Charleston and I was so tired I went back to my room and took a nap. Imagine that. And I woke up to call Stephanie. I said, hello, Stephanie. It's ain't Stephanie. I said, brother, I'm sorry. I have dialed the wrong number. What number did you dial? <laughs> did it ring at your house? I don't know, Sparky, just pick seven numbers. <clears throat> and then, lost, coming here, hey, 
Can you tell me how to get to? I love that. Listen, I need a little help getting. Can you tell me how to get to? From here? No. From your house. How do I get there from your house? And if you just, if you just listen, there's always something to smile about. I don't find any of this amusing. You know, if you don't like yourself and love yourself, and I don't mean in an egotistical way, it's going to be hard for you to share that with other people. Do we have a piano player that's going to come and play behind me or an organ player? Would you come, honey? Is she here or is she out smoking? Oh, she. A lot of musicians are going in between breaks. Some people are making sure they beat the Methodist to the Chinese buffet. Has she Would you just play as softly as you can, just like a pad behind me, just fill, nothing really. Because I want to take a minute. I, uh, having had a profoundly handicapped daughter, there was a lady in either Alabama or Mississippi. She said... You are my son's favorite person in the world. She said, he has every one of your DVDs. And she says, as a matter of fact, the nurses are tired of hearing you. Which led me to believe he was in some type of skilled facility. She said it would mean everything if you could just call him. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do one better. After church tonight, I'm going to get the address of where he's at. Will they allow visitors? She said, yes. Up until midnight if I called him, I said, I'm going, I said, well, he'll be awake. Long story, real short. Got there, and I walked in, and he, he couldn't speak. Oh, he could, but you couldn't understand him. And though his motor senses were disturbed by an event in his life, his mind was still crystal clear. And I walked in, and he laughed, and I said, listen, man, you got to give the nurses a break here with this Jamie Ragel stuff. But I did bring you two more, Brandon. He laughed. <laughs> sat for half an hour. Just sat on his bed, loved on him, talked to him, got ready to leave. And he cut... Cut a shine is what we used to say. And okay, cut a shine. And I thought, what did I say something to upset him? And his mother said, no, you didn't say anything about his picture. And over his bed was a picture of himself. And he was dressed in a tux. He was obviously getting ready to go to the prom. And up above was a plaque that said, take a look below. Aren't I the sharp-dressed man? Under the picture was another arrow pointing down to his hospital bed. And this is what happens when you choose to drink and drive. Folks, the tragedy of life is not death. But it's what, but it's what we allow to die inside of us while we're still alive. Somebody once told you you'd never amount to anything, and the sad thing is you believed it. Jesus died for you, gave his life for you. And I'm still concerned about the number of people, listen, 
who think they're saved, pretty sure that I'm going to heaven. Do you know that you know that you're going to heaven? You're just one choice away from that different life. I'm 99% sure that I'm saved. You might be 100% lost. I think if you're saved, you can know it. I think if you're saved, other people are going to know it. I sure love you. Pastor Don, thank you for inviting me. Pastor Bryant, thank you for inviting me. I look at all of you. I hope I see you again. I hope at the very least I see you in heaven. But I think it's, I think it's almost silly to think that everybody here is going to heaven. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head? And thank you for your kindness too, by the way. Some of the most incredibly kind people. I wonder how many folks would just hold up your hand this morning and say, hey, Jamie, when you pray today, would you pray for me? I, I, listen, I am not 100% sure that I'm going to heaven. I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to heaven. But I do care enough about my soul to ask you to pray for me. How many of you would hold up your hand and say, that's me. Would you, would you hold it up right now? And God bless you, 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 in the balcony, you. Thank you. How many others? How many others just hold up your hand this Sunday morning? This is Palm Sunday.